The season is getting close to the finish line. And some of the games at the finish line this weekend were kind of bananas. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to a Locked On MLB Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. This is the podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now. This is my fifth season that we're in the back nine for, probably in the back six for, on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now. Uh, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And every week I collaborate with this guy right here. Please sign in. Yes, Miller Thomas, host of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You can catch me on Twitter at careerthomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. Of course, hit subscribe for Locked on Diamondbacks on the YouTube channel. And before I go, just real quick, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so uh, Millard. Uh, yeah. you, I was toying with the idea of calling you from the game. You were at the ball game today. You went to the ballpark. I keep wanting to call it the Bob, the mm-hmm. bank one ballpark, but, um, you saw, uh, the Diamondbacks do something they haven't done a lot of recently. That is they won a baseball game. Tell, tell us about, uh, your day <laughs> at the experience. ballpark today. Yeah, the experience of seeing the D-backs win because just been so few and far between recently because I went to the game on Friday. I admittedly go to a lot of D-backs games. I want the people to know that the Locked on D-backs host is a dedicated guy, and he's gone to like 15 games uh, this season. But I went to the game on Friday, hoping to break the losing streak then and there. Uh, did not happen, unfortunately. But I got to go to the Sunday finale, and watching the D-backs win was such a good feeling because this team in the first half of the season, the thing that they did best, better than any other team in Major League, baseball was this little thing called comeback sully baseball they were calling the answer backs because they had so many comebacks and on sunday we got to see it again because entering the seventh down a couple runs lords guriel ties it up with a bomb they get a sack fly in the eighth inning and then the answer to their closing problems hopefully going forward on the second night of a back-to-back we get paul seawald to close it out he's bringing energy he's bringing fire i'm not saying the d-backs are back because we are far and away back from saying that statement but it's at least nice to see the d-backs handle the business against the san diego padres and not drop to fourth place in the nls but let's let's go over something for a second here we are recording this on the we're recording this on the evening of the 13th of august 2023 Mm -hmm. okay Yes. The D-backs had to win today had to. to climb back to 500. Am I correct? If I, yeah. Your Honor, had if I said to. anything wrong at this point. All, of, all factual so far, sir. Now, t- to think about the last day when a Diamondbacks fan woke up, could look at their phone, look at their device or whatever, and see their team in a playoff position was the beginning of this month. Mm-hmm. August from the from Memorial Day until July 25th 
they were either in first place or a wild card team every single day. And you could have woken up on the morning of August 1st and said, hey, my team's a playoff team. And here we are less than two weeks later. And we're saying, well, at least we're back to 500. I'm sorry. I mean, this was a team that I had. It was a lot of fun having you on here because they were a fun, exciting team with good pitching at the top and some exciting hitters on there. Um, What in the name of Tony Womack is going on here? Yeah, it's it's been disgusting because I also like to do a little weekly crossover with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres, and oh, I was geez. giving him crap for a long time. You know, D-backs, Padres, I always see the Padres take it to the D-backs in all these regular season series, and for once, I was like, hey, Javi, let's talk again about the state of the NL West. Look at my team ahead of your team, number one in the standings, and then all of a sudden, you fast forward to this weekend series, and I was like, if the D-backs don't have a good series. If the D-backs get swept like they've been doing the last two weeks, the D-backs are going to drop to fourth place in the NL West. I'm going to have to hear Javi's mouth. So it's been just disgusting for the D-backs, the bullpen, the rotation depth. I mean, they're revamping everything right now. We just got Carson Kelly DFA. They reinstated Gabriel Moreno. They called up uh, another rookie, Bryce Jarvis. They started a rookie starter last week. Like, they're just revamping this whole thing. They're kind of grasping for straws a little bit because they're getting desperate because they really just don't know what's going on. Toy Lovello's like, I'm preaching positive messages every day. I don't know what to do for my team at this point in the season. So the D-backs are kind of grasping for straws a little bit, deepening into their minor leagues, calling up Buddy Candy. So we'll see what happens going forward there. But the only saving grace is I keep looking up at the wild card standings and no one, as we keep saying week to week, no one has yet to pull away. The D-backs are two and a half games back of a wild card spot, which is crazy because like you said, there were once like 16 games above 500 and now we're just yeah. climbing back to a 500 record it's been disgusting what's happened to the d-backs the last two months i'm i'm really stat i i find it staggering uh quite frankly i mean i look at i thought the diamondbacks were going to be an okay team this year i thought they were going to be a fringe wildcard contender um i didn't i thought they were going to hover around 500 um which if we all woke up today if we were if we were asleep from late March until right now, we woke up and was like, oh, look at that. The Diamondbacks are at 500 and are only two back in the loss column of a wildcard spot. What a wonderful year this must have been in Arizona. Um, and I, sometimes you have to remind yourself that. Sometimes you have to sort of allow yourself to keep something in perspective. The teams that are currently ahead of them for that final wildcard spot in the National League, uh, Miami who we'll get to a little bit in one of the when we talk about the crazy finishes because uh, they had an, a surreal finish today against the Yankees, but they also got a complete game victory from Sandy Alcantara, which is in some ways like making a trade because they traded lousy Sandy Alcantara from the first half to very good Sandy Alcantara in the second half uh, and getting him back to looking like an ace should make Peter Pratt and everyone uh, who are rooting for the Marlins kind of sort of happy. But we see the Cubs have been sometimes look great or sometimes they got the doors blown off like they did with James and Dion today. Sometimes the Reds look unstoppable and sometimes they look like an absolute mess. And so the, the teams that they are facing, it's almost like just hang tight with them. Just stay within a couple of games and hope yeah. that a couple of them collapse because you still do have good pitching. You still do have good talent on that team. And I, I just can't help but 
th- it's just so mind-boggling to me how far this team like they dropped 16 17 games of the standings <laughs> yeah it's been disgusting because let me ask you this because i do definitely agree if you go listen to like a preseason locked on d-backs podcast i would have told you this was the perfect scenario for the d-backs you know back in the preseason i'm looking up mid-august they're two games back of a wild card spot at this point they're a 500 team i would have told you you know what sign me up for that but Considering how the season transpired, I now have to ask the question with how epic of a collapse this has been for the D-backs. Like, how hot of a seat should Toy Lovello, the manager of the D-backs, and Mike Hazen's, uh, the GM of the D-backs, seat should be? Because they're both tied up for at least through next season, I think, 2024. And as it currently stands, I'm like, okay, maybe you do bring them back for at least next season. But I think next year is a big make-or-break point yes. where if the D-backs are not where the Baltimore Orioles are next season, or maybe you don't. You're not like a true World Series contender, but you're consistently one of the best teams in the regular season with a chance to make a deep postseason run. That's what I think the D-backs have to be next season. They have to be the Baltimore Orioles. Well, also, imagine if this were flipped. Imagine if they got off to a rancid start and then they had a big Uh flip. I mean, like, if you come back to the – I mean, this is why it's kind of like it's the order in which things were done. They had the great start, and now they've had the staggering middle part. If it were reversed – be like contract like, extension. Oh my God! This is this is Tori, Tori Lavola is the greatest manager since Earl Weaver. That's you true. Know? And so it it's a strange it's strange how things are done if they're done in the wrong order how it could reflect poorly on a team. I think I think that if the Diamondbacks for if the Diamondbacks make the playoffs and they still have a shot to make the playoffs. Still, yeah. Obviously, you bring everybody back. I think if the Diamondbacks finish above five hundred. I think you bring them back and you look at this as a big learning experience because there was a, you saw Baltimore's a perfect example. You saw last year for a couple of days, the Orioles were a wild card team and they did it reversed. They yeah. did it. They started off horribly and then they had the great finish and they finished the season with their nose above 500, a lot of talent. And the, I think it kind of, you had a lot of the, the young players, um, kind of got their sea legs sort of like okay this is what it felt like to play meaningful games we didn't win piddly poo but we we got a sense of it kansas city did the same thing back in 2013 which led to their back-to-back world series appearances i would right now i mean they've done this a little bit every good prospect bring up right now just bring them up okay you don't know who's going to give a spark or anything on the team right now you gotta you gotta try to run that and and hopefully give that little uh, spark to the team. But yeah, I think that it is startling to see a team that started off so so, so positively, and you know, the, I mean, the other elephant in the room, and it's not Stomper, the uh, the uh, mascot for the A's, but it's the <laughs> fact that the uh, the Dodgers have found their sea legs. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers, I mean, they're right now in an eight game winning streak. Um, they're, they're the Dodgers again. And I think some of the moves that they made while they didn't make the big honk and trade, they did bring back some pitching depth. And I think the, the Kershaw coming back and acquiring Lance Lynn and Lance Lynn remembering how to pitch. Uh, I think these are all positive things. And I think that's another thing that has hurt, but also San Francisco yep. uh, reemerging. I mean, like those two teams got off to clunky starts and uh, you know, you are with your, your, the, the stunning thing to me is that San Diego has not found itself. 
And so that, to me, that has helped. And we'll continue your trash talking with Javier Reyes. Hey, you went to the ball game today. How did you get your tickets to the ball game? Um, I mean, I, I didn't use this app. Next time, I definitely will. These are free gifted tickets, admittedly, that I got today. But if they weren't these free tickets that I got, the app that I would have used to purchase my tickets is, of course, let me get the video overlay game time because the best place to get last minute tickets is game time forget planning months in advance game time game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football baseball basketball concerts combi theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account or redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And don't forget to catch every D backs and I guess any baseball pitch you want on the Sirius XM app. We look up D backs, or can you look up? I don't know. Can you look up Lockdown MOB on the? I'm sure you can, right? I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. Yeah. yeah. Just type in MOB. Yeah. I'm sure if you type in MOB, Lockdown MOB will pop up. Just shout out our Sirius XM sponsors. All right. That was seamless. Um, Hey, uh, let's, let's, I have to answer to a, uh, uh, to one of my my uh, everyday sullies, everyone you know the people listen every day. Um, I have a a Katie 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 K I T Y K I T Y has been on me like a wet sponge on YouTube, basically implying that I have been ignoring the Seattle Mariners, mm. and uh, I, I I swear I haven't. Uh, I just haven't been mentioning them on the show, maybe as often as you would like. Uh, and I and I and I will say I cannot please everybody, but I will say that the Mariners, who have you know they were they were playing not that long ago. Let me just sort of like I'm here at BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, and it was if you took a look at where they were in mid July, they were sub 500 team. They were sub 500 and really on the outside looking in. And the Mariners are one of my favorite teams. They've always been one of my favorite teams since before Ken Griffey Jr. I have over there. It's too far to reach. And I have my Trident hat with the star around. I've always, I've always, I love the Pacific Northwest. As I've mentioned, I'm a graduate of Washington State University, go Cougs. But the, you know, the fact of the matter is by the middle of July, it's like, oh, what a, I was toying with the idea of like, should they just give, Scott service the boot. But again, like we were saying, it's the order of which the winning comes about. And let's just take a quick peek on, on uh, they were a sub 500 team on the, uh, the middle of July, on July 19th. They were July 19th. They were a sub 500 team. Suck and it. 
Um, and since then, hold on a second. After that day, the Mariners are, I mean, baseballreference.com, sending us website on the history of planet Earth. The Mariners are 15 and six since then. Oof. And yeah. like, and, and that includes this weekend series where they dropped two or three in extra innings to Baltimore. And these were wild, dramatic games that were being played. And so, you know, you take a look, and they have now climbed to within about a game and a half of a wild card spot where yep. they're, fa- they're chasing Toronto. And Toronto has not been – I mean, I'm stunned that Toronto has not been a more steady contender this year because they are loaded with talent. They're absolutely, you know, loaded with talent. But every time I look up, I mean, I'm stunned that Cal Raleigh of the Mariners only has 20 home runs. The reason is, is because whenever I look at a highlight, he has two or three home runs in that game. I assumed he was close to 80 this year, if you were just casually looking at some of the highlights. If you take a look at the fact that they have, you know, the, you know, Teoscar Hernandez, has he been has he been great this year? No, yeah. not really. But he's been getting some big hits recently. You know, have they, you know, uh, you know, Julio Rodriguez, has he been a superstar? Yeah. But he's yeah. been getting the big hits when they need it. And they've been getting the pitching. By the way, there was a great this weekend. There were there were two great ceremonies. One for Fernando Valenzuela at Dodger Stadium, and there was one for Felix Hernandez uh, at in Seattle. And they were both appropriate ceremonies because Fernando played during a massive, great streak of Dodger division titles and championships and everything like that. And he, they celebrated him while they were in the middle of this massive winning streak and people whispering they go back to the World Series. Felix Hernandez famously won the Cy Young Award with a 13-12 and 12 record because he led the league in every single category and the Mariners couldn't score for him. Appropriately on that day, George Kirby threw nine shutout innings and got a no decision in what turned out to be a one nothing game. But um, they're getting the pitching. Kirby yeah. has been pitching well. Luis Castillo's been pitching well. They've Gilbert. been getting, you know, they've been they've turning their bullpen around. And this is exactly the kind of dangerous team when you have a team that has been underperforming, if they sneak into the postseason. L- listen to this possible uh, okay. gateway, okay? If Seattle sneaks into the postseason, they will sneak in probably as the sixth seed, you know, the third wild card mm-hmm. team. Which means they would play Minnesota. Oh, now Minnesota can exactly. pitch. We all saw Pablo Lopez pitch well. They can pitch, but they are not a super team. They're bad. As the way it would be right now, Tampa and Houston would play each other. One of them would cancel each other out. But that would leave Seattle with a pretty quick route to the division series, where they would play either, you know, Baltimore or Texas. They have the pitching to beat either one of those teams. I like the starting pitching. If it's Baltimore-Seattle, I like Seattle's starting pitching more than I like Baltimore's. Now, today's if today, uh, the if this series with Baltimore is any preview of what these two teams would be like in a series, sign me up. That's going to be some great freaking baseball. But this could ex- be the exact kind of team that you look up and say, how did that 87-win team make it to the ALCS and blah, 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 this way? You know, we saw it last year with the Phillies. We saw it a few years ago with the Nationals. 
and with um, uh, Atlanta. It happens when you have a team that's actually pretty good, has been underperforming, that gets hot at the right time and has the pitching to pull it off. And so they're look at, am I picking the Mariners to win the pennant? No, I'm not. I'm not even sure if they're going to make it past Toronto. But if they do, then they are going to be super dangerous. Talented teams with nothing to lose are super dangerous. I don't hate it. I don't hate the pick. Um, their pitching has definitely been their strong point. I mean, when you look at that rotation, their bullpen, I mean, the ERAs of a lot of their guys have been fantastic. The lineup is definitely the area that you're probably a little bit concerned with. And, you know, maybe some of those D-backs players that they acquired at the deadline or in the offseason because these two teams have been kind of linked throughout the season. Maybe a Canzone or a Josh Rojas or maybe your guy Cooper or Hummel can finally come through for you guys, Mariners fans, um, late for you guys in the postseason. But, you see yeah. Canzone hit the, the game time home run today and he hit one that I think it, it landed in, in the upper deck in Arizona and they were playing the game in Seattle it was oh, out of that. everything oh good with for that two guy. outs in the bottom of the ninth tied the game with a homer they didn't win the game but they he got the he got the home run there we're pro can zone, so hopefully uh, he works out for the Seattle Mariners. But this is, this was a team that was kind of struggling. And when you look at that AL wildcard race, I mean, they've been kind of helped out by some teams like in New York. You know, the Yankees kind of falling back in that race a little bit. The Boston Red Sox, I mean, they're kind of weird. They're getting kind of healthy. I don't know. I kind of want to watch out for that team. Maybe that's the team the Mariners should be uh, worried about, the team that's not ahead of them, but the team that could be nipping on their heels with the stories and the sales uh, back in the mix a little bit. And uh, when you look at the teams ahead of the Seattle Mariners right now, like you said, it's really just the Toronto Blue Jays. And quietly, a little point that Javier Reyes brought up on my podcast is Vlad Guerrero Jr., really outside of that one season where it was like between him and Otani in the home run race, kind of a, what, a little bit of an overrated career so far. It hasn't really had that high ceiling outside that one season. Maybe we over-discussed the, the how, how we know what his talent and ceiling can be, but he hasn't really replicated or been as consistent as that one year. I'll give you a comp, Bryce Harper. Okay. Bryce Harper, the first bunch of years, there was a lot of talk. Well, yeah, he's talented, but was he overrated? Is he overrated? We keep forgetting how freaking young Vlad Jr. is and how young he was when he, sp- when he burst onto the scene. I think that he will still have a terrific career. You know, the talk of will he be as good as his dad? Well, his dad's in the Hall of Fame. But uh, no, I, I'm, I, still think, I still think Vlad has many really great years, a lot of great years ahead of him. Yeah, because we well, talked about the lack of the rotation, but just the lack of development anywhere on the roster that's just been awful for the Angels. Uh, and yeah. the pitching's part of that. Too. It's astonishing. By the way, yeah. uh, the, the you mentioned the AL East. The AL East, you know, Baltimore had back-to-back extra inning games against Seattle that were just banana boats. Uh, Tampa Bay, they got the doors blown off the dump uh, today in uh, the Guardians blew them out. But the previous two days were absolutely like Friday night, the Rays bullpen absolutely collapsed. Like they were throwing wild pitches, walking batters. You know, they, they, I think two runners came in on wild pitches. It was crazy. They had a big lead going into the ninth. They blew the lead, and then Wander Franco hit a home run to, to end the game. And then Saturday, the Cleveland had a big lead and just chip away, chip away, chip away until Arena 
got the big hit to walk it off. Now, they lost today, but, you know, those are two games, two walk-off games that the Rays won. And they're kind of sort of serving notice. Hey, don't forget us. I know that we're still in this thing here. Uh, You know, Boston had the series against – by the way, if you're a Red Sox fan, I hate – I hated those yellow uniforms until I saw that they've won like 25 out of 30 games wearing them. So wear them every day. Uh, Sale came back, and even though he gets to the fifth, he was throwing a no-hitter into the fifth. And, you know, any inning you get out of Sale at this point, consider the fact that we all thought that he was done. Story? uh, you know, Story had a big, had a bunch of hits today. He had like four hits today, or something. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> when you start getting contributions from players, like, oh yeah, geez, I forgot they were even on the team. You're you like know, two highest paid players on your payroll. And Whitlock pitched well today. Um, you know, yeah, it was Detroit, but you know, he still got to win games. You'd mm-hmm. have to beat those teams. And you know, we also with the uh, what happened between uh, you know Toronto uh, against the Cubs. I mean, just absolutely a you know, Merrifield had a four hit game and That's Jameson Tyon was, was awful with a capital awful. Terrible. Um, you know, it was, it was an entertaining, it was an entertaining weekend. You know, Baltimore still looks like there might be the best, but it wouldn't stun me to see Tampa who, you know, lest we forget, we talk about, you know, Baltimore as if they have a nine game lead They're They have a three game lead. Yeah. They have a three-game lead at this point. It's going to be an interesting division. Are we saying Angels officially cooked in the wild card? Cooked? Oh, my God. They're a sub-500 team. <laughs> okay. They're a sub-500 sub team. I think they said Otani's going to miss the next start, too, with arm fatigue. Because Yeah, I, I would, mean... too. Yeah, I think they would, you know what that's called? Uh, I'm about to become a free agent. I'm yeah. not going to blow out my arm for this garbage organization. Hey, they've, lost, I... they've lost seven of their last 10 games. The, you know, the Angels are beyond dead. I respected the zag by the organization, but it looks like you're going to lose Otani. You can't do the zag without also resigning him. How many times do I have to say this? All the zagging in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That They're, you're zigging and zagging. They're zigging but and zagging. But you had to also resign him. You had to say, what's the number? If the number was – and with all the money he brings in, who cares what the number is? Yeah, it doesn't matter. By the way, on just crazy finishes the, the that was going on today, um, you saw the Rangers. The the Rangers. Well, yeah, let's get to the Rangers game. The Rangers and uh, what I like to call the Bruce Bochy series. You know, the nice. strange series between San Francisco and Texas. Uh, you know, the the Rangers took the lead with a. Uh, um, you know, there was there was. Uh, there was a bo- there was a run scored on a balk, which is always fun. Kids love to see box. Um, <laughs> and the the Rangers took a two one lead into the uh, into the bottom of the tenth. You know, the Rangers tied the game in the ninth. Take the lead in the tenth. Bailey hits a two run home run to give the Giants the victory. Um, just strange, strange game, strange series right there. Um, your D backs. Against the, uh, you know, they they were able, Ads. but the, I I mentioned the uh, um, the Orioles and the Mariners. Uh, Cedric Mullins had the best ninth and tenth inning that someone could have. Sorry, I hit my mic right there. He he jumped over yeah. the fence to take away a game tying home run in the ninth. Okay, 
the then your boy hit a home run with two outs that even he couldn't jump high enough to catch. And then Mullins came up and hit a go-ahead home run in the top of the 10th. That's a pretty good two innings. That's yeah. essentially two home runs. I'm going to remove one and add one. Uh, wild game there. Um, there. There was just two games like the um, – what was there was the uh, there was the the oh the nationals i know the nationals and the a's no one's no one's going to send those tapes to cooperstown ken burns is not going to have a lot of uh mentioning in the next update of his pod of his uh documentary about the 2023 nationals and a's but for crime any sake the the nationals scored six runs in the bottom of the ninth to win that game eight to seven and the person who got the walk-off hit was Jeter Downs. Oh. Former supposed key to the Mookie Betts trade, you Jeter Downs, Jeter. who is now was DFA'd and is now getting walk-off hits for the Nationals. Uh, by the way, this weekend also showed why you can't always say who won a trade because sometimes both sides can win a trade. Now, Pablo Lopez pitched wonderfully for the Twins in one of their wins against the Philadelphia Phillies, and that's not a crummy team. They were in Philadelphia, who were a playoff team, and Minnesota won the series. Lopez was terrific, and so the Twins got, obviously, a terrific pitcher, and it cost them Luis Arise, who had a fabulous weekend Mm -hmm. against the Yankees, got the big home run in the game that Alcantara uh, pitched, uh, on Saturday and hit a game tying triple in the bottom of the ninth in a surreal ninth inning where the Yankees brought in Holmes just as sort of like, Hey, you haven't pitched in a little bit. Let's you know, give you some work. And the, you know, the Yankees were up uh, seven to two, I believe it was. And seven to three going to uh, seven to three. It was seven to two going to the eighth. Seven to three going into the ninth. All right. That game's in the can. And Holmes got a hit, got a hit, got a hit. And then, you know, then he misplayed a ball that he threw away that should have been an out. And two runs came in to score. Arise hits the game tying triple. Boone uh, was someone woke Boone up from his nap. And then they brought in uh, Tommy Canely, I believe it was. And it didn't matter because Berger got the game winning hit. This is, first of all, should be euphoria time for the Marlins who are still only half a game out of a playoff spot at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, every time you think the Yankees can't have a worse loss, uh, any hope for the Yankees is gone. Yeah. This season. It's yeah. And, and let me, let me just put, let me put this into your brain. They're about to play the Braves. Mm-hmm. The Braves are the best team in baseball. Let's just say, if the Braves sweep the Yankees, which is a possibility, yeah, then the Yankees will be a sub-500 team. Okay? Mm-hmm. Not, oh, without Judge, they're a sub No, no, no. They might be, with Judge, a sub-500 team if they get swept. And even if they lose the series, they'll be one game above 500 in mid-August. I'm sorry. Um, there are good potential general managers out there. There are good experienced general managers out there. 
There are good actual managers out there. In fact, there are two managers out there who have been linked to the Yankees in the past and have coaching experience on World Series championship teams. I'm talking about Hensley Mullins and Roberto Kelly. Also, there are just people who have been tremendous uh, you know, farm directors and assistant general managers all throughout baseball who would love to take over the Yankees. If the Yankees go into 2024 with Brian Cashman as their general manager and Aaron Boone as their manager, they are putting the biggest middle finger in the face of every Yankee fan in the world. And I will tell you, as someone who was born in New England and grew up rooting for the Red Sox, I would do a victory dance if those two come back. They have constructed the roster of a team. Look at you're, they could be 500. The Diamondbacks could be 500. The expectations of those two teams is not 2001, are not equal. No. And uh, uh, this this could be uh, a catastrophe. Yeah, but well. I love it. Honestly, just make Aaron Judge bobbleheads with the middle finger up because they're both going to come back next season. Brian Cashman is locked in with that ownership group with the New York Yankees. And because of that, Aaron Boone's forever linked with Brian Cashman. But if you do need a silver lining with the Yankees the last couple of seasons, because we talked a lot about the shortstop market the last couple of years about how the Yankees needed to go and get a guy. If you look at all those guys that have signed the last couple of years, I mean, the Yankees kind of dodged a bullet with the Bogarts, the Dansby's, the Trey Turner's, the Carlos Correa's, really the only guy – and it's your favorite one that you've wanted to link to the Yankees. The only one who you could even say, you know, outside of Shohei Otani, might have been the best player in the American League this season when healthy. Corey Seager for the Texas Rangers has been an absolute stud this year, and he's been on like a home run tear the last couple of weeks as well. Corey Seager was put on this earth to play shortstop for the New York Yankees, and why he is not is reason enough to fire Brian Cashman. Corey Seager was the most obvious target in the history of free agency. This guy's swing was perfect for the Yankee Stadium. He's a World Series champion. He's a postseason stud. He's a terrific shortstop. He would have been beloved in the Bronx. And instead, he's going to go to the postseason with Texas. Yeah, Volpe. Volpe. There you go. All right. Oh, Volpe. Yes. Yes. Volpe. I'm sure he's going to be great. He's going to be fantastic. In fact, they're already working on a Yankeeography for him. Hey, Miller Thomas, tell people where they can listen to your show. Hey, follow me on Twitter at CareerThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Lockdown Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, streaming on all podcasting platforms. Look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on YouTube as well. And you can follow me. I'm at. Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, and the shows at Lockdown and Milby Pods. And make sure to post your comments here. Talking about a wild weekend and the rise of the Mariners and the fall of the Diamondbacks. Have we covered all of uh, Randy Johnson's teams? Maybe we did. This mm-hmm. has been Lockdown MLB, Lockdown Diamondbacks crossover. Let's fist bump for another week. Boom.